You know, time is, is so precious, isn't it? Life is, is precious. I remember when, uh, when I had uh, little kids that size that people would say to me stuff like, don't blink, or, um, you know, it's going to go by so fast, you won't, uh, you won't realize it. And I remember, Rachel will probably remember, like when people told me that, I was like, I'm not buying it. You know, like, I, I was just logical. I was like, time is time. You know, why is it going to go by any faster? Uh, so now that I'm a, a bit older, I just wanted to say some of you younger guys, don't blink. You know, it's going to go by really fast. Like, oh my gosh, life is so precious. Uh, last Friday, or a couple of Fridays ago, I picked my daughter Lydia up at Gladeville Middle School in the car line. And when she got in, in the car, she said, Dad, I have something I need to ask you. And that's not usually how we talk. We don't usually like have an introduction to a question. So I thought she'd probably ask me if we could go to Starbucks or something. It was Friday after, after school and I wasn't paying close attention. And she actually said it again. She said, Dad, in a way that, that got my attention, she said, I have something that I need to ask you. And so I'm driving, but I realized I needed to, to, to hone in on what's going on. And so I, I looked over at her and she said, I wanted to ask you if you would be the one to walk me onto the field and escort me uh, on homecoming night uh, uh, next Thursday's football game. And I had forgotten that they were uh, selecting the girls for that. I knew Lydia was sort of in the running in that moment and that she was telling me that she had been selected. I look over and she's beaming and I'm beaming. <laughs> and it was just this awesome moment. And does anyone, do you anyone want to guess what my answer was? <laughs> yes. It just came out so uh, naturally. And last Thursday night, just like a few uh, nights ago, we were at Gladeville uh, Middle School, and some of the guys before the service was like, this is sort of like bragging. So whatever this is, it's happening uh, right now. Uh, I have a picture of us uh, walking out uh, onto the field Thursday night. Yeah, you can clap for that. <laughs> um, and in the grand scheme of the world, I get it. It's probably not going to go down in the history books. It's probably not going to be in the news. You know, I would be fine if it ends up in a local paper or something. I'm, <laughs> I'm good with that. But you see what I'm saying? Like, for our family, that was a moment. It, it almost felt like one of those moments you could just, you know, reach out and grab a hold of. You could, you could almost see it just to know that, that time had slowed down for a moment. This is an important moment. You know, we were... Uh, you know, standing there right before we walked out, and Lydia says, I'm feeling nervous. You know, and I'm like, you're beautiful. It's just like this thing I'll, I'll never forget. I'm not crying. You're crying. You know, kind of <laughs> deal. The moment um, that I said yes, though, in the pickup line, it was so weird. It's like the moment I said yes, I also knew that I was saying no. You ever have that happen? Uh, what I mean is I was actually saying no to you. Not specifically you, but um, we actually have a service on Thursday nights, a worship service that happens on Thursday nights. So the moment I was saying yes to this beautiful thing, I was also saying no to something that's, that's also very important to me. And not even just, not even just always like my job. It, it, uh, this is my job, but it, it feels oftentimes like more than that, like what I'm giving my life to in this journey that we're on. So it was this strange moment, you know, of saying yes. Do you ever have that feeling like you're saying yes to something that you want to say yes to, but there's also just a twinge of sadness in it? There's a bit of regret because you know what that yes is going to make you say no to. Uh, and it happens with almost every yes. It can be insignificant. Like you can say yes to watching another episode on Netflix and you'll be saying no to another 25 minutes of sleep, right? You can say yes to a travel ball for your kids like we have, which means you're saying no to relaxing afternoons at home on Saturday. 
You can say yes to the promotion that includes travel, and you're saying yes to financial provision for your family, and you're saying no to Tuesday and Wednesday night at home. Right? Every yes sort of holds this no in it, and I think that sometimes we like the sound of saying yes so much. What I want to talk to you about this morning is that sometimes we're yesing ourselves to death. That may be dramatic, but yesing ourselves out of life because the moment of the yes feels so good. What I want you to hear this morning, I want to set it up with just this simple principle that's in the Boundaries book, which we base this series on. It starts by saying this, I can do anything, right? I can do anything, but I can't do everything, which means I have to choose to do some things. So you get that, right? You can do anything, but you can't do everything, and so you have to choose to do some things. The way most commonly that we articulate uh, the, the choice is by saying yes or by saying no. There's a place in the Bible that says everything is permissible, but it doesn't mean everything is beneficial. It's talking about a specific thing, but it's like there's this idea that you have this wide choice. That doesn't mean every choice is, a, is the good choice or, uh, you know, the right choice. No can be a really good thing. No can be a really good thing uh, to say. I heard we retold this kind of famous story in our family of my oldest daughter Mary's first no. So the first time that she said no, you have to, you have to kind of learn to, to, to grab a hold of that. So I wasn't there, but Rachel had gone across the street to our friend, our neighbor's house, and Mary was just over a year old, and she was reaching out to do something like, you know, put her finger in an electric socket uh, or something like that. And Rachel said, Mary, don't do that. And Mary found her first no. It's not, it started with a long uh, uh, consonant N. It's just kind of like, mm, she's finding it, mm, and she said, no, it came out. And the reason we tell the story is because once she found her first no, she just started saying it over and over. She was like, no, 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 no. It's like she was catching up on all the no's, you know, from the last 13 months. So much so, Rachel had to like scoop up this no monster and take her home to somehow shut off the no valve. But no is actually a really positive thing. The book Boundaries talks about how it's such a healthy development piece for any child when they find their no and learn how to say no, to say, no, I won't do that, or I disagree, or that, that hurts me, or that's wrong, or that's bad. When a kid learns to say no, it's a great thing. But it's interesting to me, we go from two-year-olds who say no, 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 to adults who have no courage to say no anymore. We, we get to that place of, of, of like, I don't even know how to say no. I've said, I've, I've yesed myself out of so much life. Jesus understood the power of yes and no. On more than one occasion, Jesus said, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. You don't have to back it up with a bunch of stuff. You don't have to justify it. You don't have to lay out some kind of promise or oath or swearing. He just said, let yes be yes and let no be no. And this morning, I'm gonna share you one example of a time when Jesus said no to somebody. There's many examples, but I'm gonna share one. And the reason I'm picking it is it's kind of a surprising no. If this passage had a little title of just the short passage, I might call it the time Jesus said no to helping those people. It's kind of surprising, right? That Jesus would say, no, I'm actually not going to help those people. It's found in Mark chapter 1, which is also interesting to me, that Mark starts his story about Jesus by illustrating that Jesus kind of knew how to say yes and how to say no. So here's, here we go. In Mark chapter 1, verse 32, it says, that evening after sunset, the people brought Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed that evening. So what you need to know about that day is that it had been a really busy day for Jesus. It hadn't been a day that, that he just had nothing going on. It was really busy. Uh, we know that he taught publicly in the synagogue. We know that he drove out an impure spirit from somebody who was at this almost possession uh, we know that he went to Simon's mother-in-law's house is actually where he was to heal her from a fever. 
pretty busy day. And that evening, after sunset, what would you have wanted to do? Maybe rest, hang out with your buds. That evening, the people brought Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. It says that the whole town gathered at the door. Can you imagine? Was it the whole town, or did it just feel like the whole town? I don't know. But do you ever feel like the whole town is gathering at your door? And Jesus, here's what he did. He healed them, many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. So imagine Jesus at the end of a very long, busy day, and now he's healing people. He's touching them. He's seeing them. He's feeling what they're feeling. He's driving out demons, and then he also has to give instructional lessons to all the demons that he sends out. That, to me, sounds exhausting. Critical moment. When Jesus goes to bed that night, he decides that he will set his alarm clock for earlier. After a long, exhausting day, Jesus, it says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. What was he doing? He was drawing a boundary for himself. I had a long, exhausting day, and I know what I need to be quiet, to be alone, to talk to God. It's in that moment that it says Simon and his companions went to look for him. So they wake up, where's Jesus? They go find him, and when they find him, they exclaim, everyone is looking for you. Has that ever happened to you when you set an hour aside? I know I need this hour. And then it's like, everyone's looking for you. Or you set aside three days to get away, and it's like, how in the world is it when I'm going away that I'm getting 100 emails, right? Everyone is looking for you. And so here's how Jesus replied to the disciples when they said, everyone's looking for you, and he had kind of set that boundary. He said, let us go somewhere else. They said, everyone's looking for you back in Capernaum. I think it's not too much to add this word that he would say, no, let's go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there. That is why I have come. A different village, he said, that's why I have come. It's sort of hard to hear, but Jesus is saying, no, I won't help those people, right now at least, okay? So what's happening here? Um, one way of saying this, I think, would be to say, saying no is a humble admission of my limitedness. Saying no is a humble admission of my limitedness. That doesn't sound much like a Jacob sentence. I get that. It's not. It's a quote from a priest. His name's Father Charles Pope, and he writes about this particular passage in the scriptures, and he says Jesus actually uh, was admitting some limits here. His no is a humble admission of my limitedness. Uh, See, I wouldn't say it. Um, And so um, what's happening here is something we've talked about before, and it's this. We, we, We need to know this about Jesus. He's fully God. He's every part God, and he's fully human, fully fully human, just like us. Now, sometimes we want Jesus to be fully God and just part human, just barely like us, because we want him to be able to do all the powerful stuff, but, but we don't need him to get tired like we do, right? And sometimes we want Jesus to be fully human, to understand everything we've ever gone through and all that, but not fully God, just be able to do a few tricks, you know, like turn uh, water into wine or something like that. But none, neither one of those is Jesus. He's fully God, all the power. And he's fully human. He needs a nap. He needs a snack. He needs his friends, right? And so when we hear him saying no, Jesus is saying something that we could understand. He has limited, he's fully human. He has limited time, limited energy, and limited purpose. He doesn't have limited power. He can heal the people back in Capernaum. He's proved it, and he ends up going back to Capernaum, for those of you who are worried about the Capernaum people, right? 
But in this moment, we see his limited purpose, and he's saying, actually, I know why I've come. He's opened himself up to another yes that's out there. Last week, we talked about how we were made in the image of God, but not made God. There's a difference. We were given great responsibility. So, so many of us here have great responsibility, but not God-level responsibility. And so when we see the way Jesus is interacting in his life, we can learn the power of, of limitations. I, I usually think of my limitations as a negative thing. I'm limited. It sounds like negative. But really, it's a positive to say, a humble admission, say, I'm going to be humble enough to say, no, I can't do that. I was made in the image of God, but I'm not God in this situation. I can't do that. Another example of a time that Jesus said no, I know I was just gonna tell you one, but I'm gonna tell you one more really quickly, okay? I have the microphone. I don't know what you could do to stop me. So uh, probably something, but I don't wanna get into thinking about that. It'll make me nervous. But in this moment, you know, Jesus had somebody come to him and they said to him, uh, it was a man, he said, tell my brother to give me my share of the inheritance. This is another no moment for Jesus. So this guy, his brother had received all the inheritance. Their father had died. He should have been sharing it evenly with his other brother. And so he comes to Jesus and says, brother's not sharing the inheritance with me. Tell him to share the inheritance with me. And Jesus has this response. He said, who made me judge over you and your brother? You see what I'm saying? He says, no, that's, that's not my lane. It was like a, something wrong was going on. And Jesus says, I'm not getting into that. He says, in fact... I know your heart and you're actually greedy and you just want a bunch of money. And so Jesus is saying like, you and your brother got some unhealthy stuff going on. That's not my thing for today. It makes me feel weird to even say it too, but go read the scripture. See how you, see how you look at it. You see, saying no allows people to carry their own load. You can say sometimes, that's not my thing. Sometimes when people are asking you to do something for them, your no allows them to live into their responsibility. <laughs> allows them to live into their, uh, you know, healthy uh, purpose in their life. We do that with our kids, right? They'll, you know, we would help them with their homework. I'm not going to do their homework. So I'll help carry uh, their load and in so doing, uh, giving them their responsibility. Again, last week we looked at a scripture in Galatians that says we are to carry each other's burdens. Some of y'all remember this? Carry each other's burdens. And it says by doing so, you will fulfill the law of Christ that we take on uh, what's going on. But we looked at that Greek word for burden and it actually means like this huge thing, this excessive burden, this thing that weighs you down. This is the crisis. This is the tragedy some of you are going through right now. Uh, in the book Boundaries, it calls it a boulder. And so when you have a boulder, you need your brother or sister to get under that boulder with you. But the very next verse or a couple of verses down, it says, but each one should carry their own load. And the reason is that it's a different word. The word load there is talking about what you're supposed to carry that day, your daily toil, your feelings, your behavior, your attitude. That's for you to carry. That's your backpack for the day. And so we talked about how you can carry each other's boulders, get under there with them, but let, let somebody carry their own backpack. Everybody can carry their own load. And so saying no allows them to do that, to carry the consequences of their actions, to carry the responsibility that God has given them. Saying no reminds me that there is good to do, but it's not all for me to do. <laughs> Saying no reminds me there's good to do, but it's not all for me to do. Sometimes I will feel this kind of disconnect. I don't know if you feel this uh, in my life where I'll be doing something because I've said yes to somebody or something, and I'm doing it, and I feel this disconnect, and I'm thinking, I'm really supposed to be there. You see, I'm doing this thing. It's a good thing, but I know that I'm supposed It's usually a person. I'm supposed to be with them. And so I'm not talking about, we all have obligations, we all have jobs, you know, things that we have to do and you wish you were somewhere else. But I'm talking about when you've said yes to something and it's Saturday and you're like, why am I doing this again? Why am I doing this? 
and you're feeling this disconnect between what's going on there, I think what it shows is there's good to do, but it's not all for me to do. Jesus was secure enough in his purpose to be able to say, no, I'm not going to help those people right now. Um, I'm going to go and do this. That's why I've come. He says, I've gone to preach to another village. That's why I've come. Jesus knew what he was there. Jesus knew his purpose. He told us, he said, I've come to seek and save the lost. He said, I have come to proclaim the kingdom of God on earth. And so even though there was good things to do, like heal people, what would be better than healing people? It's a, it's a good thing. Jesus made it clear over time. It's like, I didn't come just to make people's physical ailments go away. It's a much bigger purpose. And so this going to the next village fit in for him and his understanding of what it would mean to proclaim the kingdom of God coming on earth. He was trying to let people know I'm fully God and I'm fully human, which in that moment was more important than, than taking care of, of those needs, more important to his own purpose. Sometimes we, could let the, we can let the good eclipse the best. There's good that you can do, and sometimes we're doing good, 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 but, it, but we're not getting to the best because we've yesed ourselves out of our lives. We, we're letting the good eclipse our purpose. So there's lots of good to do. Saying no allows me to say yes to the things that matter. You know, when I say no to something, it allows me to say yes to that things that matter. I get so consumed, I don't know if you do, in the moment of choice when someone's asking me to do something, either through an email or verbally, it's even hard. You got like a real human standing before you. It doesn't happen much in life now where real humans are actually before you, but sometimes you actually see a real human in front of you and they're asking you to do something. I want to say yes, right? You know why? It makes me feel good. I like for them to be pleased. I like them to think that I would do what they need to do. But if we get so consumed by just that moment, we'll miss the bigger picture, that bigger moment where the no in that moment could be us saying yes to the things that really matter in our lives. Jesus said no to sick people in Capernaum so that he could say yes. He was fully human. He was limited. And you know what? You're limited. You have limited time. You have limited energy. And even your purpose is not everything and to do every good thing. Thursday night, I wish that I could have been here. You know what I mean? Like, I love, that's what I want you to hear. It's like, what we're doing here is way, 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 way up on my list. It's not just a job for me. It's like what I'm pouring my life into, what I'm, what I'm giving myself to. And, and I'd want you to know that. Like, what we're doing here and journeying together and the week after week thing, it's really important. But I had the opportunity to say yes to something that will go down in my family history book. And it's, it's even weird to say, but it's true. Lydia is above the church, my church job. She's above it. And here's what I'm realizing. Those kind of yeses will make me a better pastor. I'm a better pastor today because I walked out onto the football field. But man, I'm really still sorting that out. I don't know if you can tell. It's still kind of weird to, to kind of go through that. And so is there something right now that you need to say no to and you know it? I'm not talking, I'm not even, like, I know you're not, we're not going to get our lives all figured out right now, you know. But just like, is there something right now that you know you need to say no to and you know it? You just know it. Like God's speaking to your heart. Maybe the whole, maybe the whole morning, the whole time I've been talking, you're like, I know what it is. I know what it is. You have to swallow hard. You might feel tears in the corner of your eyes. Because the Holy Spirit of God is speaking to you about something that could be a really important uh, claim that you could make in this moment that could then end up being realized in God's vision and God's uh, will at a later time. 
We had this amazing moment at our last service. There was this little boy baptized. His name is Wyatt. And I bring him up because y'all have heard us talk about Wyatt a year ago. Some of y'all remember this? There was this little baby Wyatt, and he, um, his kidney stopped functioning. And we got called in. Mark and I called in because it didn't, didn't look good. And we stood in the snack area before we went in. We were just going to pray over him. And his mom, she spoke this into, in, in the snack room. She said, we're going to go in there and pray. But she said, I want you guys to keep in mind, I'm, I'm looking forward to when he'll be baptized in front of the church. And how many days was in the ICU, Mark? 100, 163 days he was in the ICU. And just a moment ago, his parents stood here holding this you know, year-old baby. He's tiny. He's beautiful. And his mom got to see that thing that she spoke in faith come to life. And so I'm, I'm just encouraging you. I, I, I don't, it's not magic wand stuff, but I'm just saying, like, there may be something in your heart right now that you are thinking, should I even have the courage to speak that? Because we get this boundary stuff's messy. Like, it's complicated. It's layered, all that. But is there something right now that in your heart and with God you want to speak by faith and believe that God could work a miracle? Because I'm saying, I don't know how miracles work. I don't know how sometimes they happen and sometimes they don't. You hear this about Jesus. Why do you go there and why do you but I do know they happen because I saw one today and I'll claim it in front of you. And so another way of asking that question might be say, what is your heart burning to say yes to? That may be a, a way to help you kind of discover that no. Out of all the yeses in our life, you know, the most important one is saying yes to Jesus. That may be your thing today, just saying, I need to say yes to Jesus. <laughs> well, let that be the thing, you know, where all the other things fall under. Or maybe for the 10,000th time, you need to say, I need to say, that's what I need to say yes to today. I just need to say yes to Jesus. A few practical things. We've already mentioned it, but this afternoon, we're having a gathering called Baggage Claim, led by Ralph Cook, who has had a huge impact on my family. We trust him. We love him. And he's going to be here because um, he has more tools in his toolbox than we do to share with us about how in some relationships you can set some things down. So just come if you need to come, you know, today at 1 o'clock. Uh, on Tuesday, Care Night starts. And we will be starting the eight-week series on the Boundaries book. And so some of you know a 20-minute sermon or longer uh, is not going um, <laughs> to cut it. So you might want to say, I'm going to come for eight. I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to do a hard, I'm going to say yes to something. That's a big yes. Um, I also wanted you to know that next week our sermon uh, will be on boundaries with family and friends. So I just wanted to warn you about that if you wanted to hang, not come. Or, no, I'm just kidding. You know that you need to come because... You know, it's sort of where the rubber meets the road. You know, how do I do this with my family? How do I do this with my, with my friends? We love you. And thank you for being uh, the kind of church that, that gets this. And, and we work together and we work hard and we say yes and we say no. And we, we step into this wide grace that God has to walk forward in the midst of it. Let's pray. Lord, as you prepare us uh, for life, in the life that is before us, we prepare ourselves just for this simple act of coming to the table, a table set with bread and juice. Let the bread be for us the body of Christ, broken for us, the cup, his blood shed for us and for many for the forgiveness of sins. And so as we receive communion this morning, let it be a way for us to receive Jesus, to say yes to him. In his name we pray, amen.